Welcome back to Be Right. I'm Alex Myers. As always, I'm joined by Stephen Hennessy, Christopher Powers. Today we have Golf Digest's very own Daniel Rappaport checking in with us as well. He was there at Pebble Beach. He will be there at Riviera. He's kind of our Riviera expert, obviously our Tiger tracker as well. Uh, first, I just want to say, please remember to subscribe to Be Right wherever you get your podcasts. Download the episode in your podcast app. Leave a five-star review and comment. Everything helps. We really appreciate it. And of course, you know, we've been helping you out as well with some great picks as well. So first of all, welcome, Dan Rappaport. How are you doing out there? You are, you're our uh, West Coast Bureau person now. Yeah, I've been out here for a little while now. This is, this is good. This is another a home game. I, I grew up in LA, so I'm staying at my parents' house this week. Um, it's, a, it's a very, very comfortable setting over here. So I'm, I'm excited to just, get out. Just a kid from LA, right? Just a kid from LA, nothing from more. LA. Man, yeah. Some good old home cooking this week. That's, that's, uh, that always helps. Um, all right, let's see. First of all, let's talk about what happened last week. Steve, I didn't get anything right, unfortunately, but I know we had some people, once again, uh, our, two of our experts hitting the outright winner. Once again, uh, give us the details. How, how did we do last week? Yeah, props to the golfdigest.com expert picks column. Uh, once again, back-to-back weeks for two of our experts picking the winner. Uh, we had Rick Gaiman from rickrunga.com and Brandon Gadula of Number Fire and FanDuel. They both had Daniel Berger as our outright pick. Last week, obviously, the week before, CP uh, and Pat Mayo were on Brooks Kepka, and as we all were on the pod, so Ooh. good vibes all around. Um, yeah, Berger, I know we mentioned him on the pod. I think I said I was close to pulling the trigger, but that was after he went down. He opened at 18-1 to when right. DJ was in the field, but once DJ withdrew, he's like 14-1, to so um, that wasn't too exciting for me to get behind, so I didn't bet him outright, uh, but I, I know a bunch of our listeners did. Got a few texts uh, from people who I know listen to the show. They bet him. And Nate Lashley, two people were on Nate Lashley because Pat Mayo and uh, Lee Aldrich, also in our column, uh, were on Lashley. So we, we had the board surrounded. That's always a good week. Um, man, Lashley, that was tough to watch on, uh, on 16. Ooh. That was brutal. <laughs> Poor guy, man. Were, were you out there, Danny, during the, the home stretch there? Were you? watching that in person that, you know, that would have been surreal i usually on, on, on the final rounds i usually kind of watch the leaders for the first the last group for the first you know five or six holes or even nine holes and then at a certain point you kind of got to go back to the media center if you're going to yeah. see everything that's going on um but i thought you know the it was obviously difficult to watch that happens missing putts late three footers poa in the afternoon it's windy it, it was it was the slam on the green that i think was what yes. we'll all remember Mm-hmm. And he didn't even turn around to go fix it. He turned around and almost was like, I think he was thinking in his, in his head, if I go, if I go fix it, then I acknowledge that I did something really wrong. Right. I'm in the final group. Let's just move on. But I have to think if he wasn't in the final group, he would have ran back right away. Because let me tell you something, if someone had to put through that late on a Sunday, uh, they would not have been very happy. I, I'm glad you brought that up because yes, he was in the final group, which saves him a little, but there are then people the next day who are going to be paying 600 bucks to play there. <laughs> They're going to be putting through there. And what I don't get is he slammed a part of the green where he didn't even putt from. So it's not even like he had the, oh, look at this mark that got to I me. I think he, he was pissed that that's where his approach landed. They said on the, okay. on the telecast, like, you know, the his his approach, like no other approach during the round, like released that much on the green. Gotcha. So he was pissed, like, how firm is this? Gotcha. But 
tough look, obviously. He was it's he was tough. pissed because he, he knew it was gonna cost him what it probably cost him like four hundred grand. Yeah, a lot of money. Solo second to I don't what he finished like T four or T five. I mean, yeah, that that was rough, man. It really was, but it did remind. I have a friend I won't name him, and he once did that on a green, and it was and he really took a divot out of the green, and I went back and played that same course months later, and there was still signs of that divot. Wow. So like you could do damage. I mean, it's it's not a good look at all. Speaking of not a good look, we're we're all about Daniel Berger, Danny. Rappaport, our man, wrote a great piece about him as well, pumping him up. He's been fantastic since the restart. But his putting routine was getting heavily criticized. I mean, it it must be even more brutal, I guess, in person to watch it. And and also, what are your thoughts, Dan, about the caddy kind of lining him up, but then he then he resets, so he kind of gets around that rule as well. It's it's some people weren't big fans of it. Yeah, I mean, I think look when they made the rule outlawing that. They definitely didn't intend for something like this to happen. Exactly. You know, it's it's sort yeah. of like I, I kind of think of um, when they when they did the anchoring ban and, and guys started going to the to the arm lock. You know, it's, yeah. it's kind yeah. of the same the same thing. Uh, it takes a long time. But for me, the thing about Burger's putting for me, yes, it takes a long time. The whole thing's kind of strange. First, he has the caddy behind him. Then he backs away. Then he gets up. Then his stroke. It's it's like a legitimate D cell. I don't mm. know. He takes it back super far and then seems to kind of stop right after impact. He obviously pots beautifully and he's <laughs> he's a gritty gritty grinder you know he's one of those guys who it's it's not pretty to watch all the time with his kind of low fade ball flight he's got that weird position yeah. at the top but his putting it's just he's one of those guys where you're like how did he shoot 68 today it didn't it didn't it didn't seem like he was shooting 68 today he's he definitely has the the sort of scoring gene that used to you know piss yeah. me off when i when someone would beat me in and you're like how did they beat you and then right. he's me. like he's like if tim tebow like became like a legitimately successful NFL quarterback that's kind of like Berger with his swing and that putting it's crazy but he makes it's it like work no rivers yeah it's yeah like just a river like, yeah. yeah rivers is a good comparison yeah no I mean whatever it is though he he gets it done but it man it just seems to take a long time um yeah any other thoughts from from Pebble Dan I mean obviously the weather the weather didn't turn out as bad as everyone was predicting which I'm sure you were happy about but we were kind of hoping to see a little more carnage I mean Burger shoots 65 on Sunday. It obviously wasn't that difficult, but just in general, that place um, I've never played there, but I've been there a few times, obviously for events. I mean, it's just one of the most spectacular settings that you could ever find. My, my, my thought the whole week was, I mean, I can't imagine how, I don't want to say privileged because that's sort of like a loaded word, but I can't imagine being in a position in my life where I could have an opportunity to play a golf tournament at Pebble beach for whatever million dollars and not, and not do it and not go and not do it. And, and none of the top 10 guys came and I understand this is a big week. And then, you know, the W don't want people don't miss WGCs because it's free money and four rounds, no matter what, but it's just, it's a sad state of affairs and I understand it, but it's a sad state of affairs when none of the top 10 players in the world went to that tournament. Uh, I know that again, no way amateurs and, but Certainly the Saudi Invitational had a big reason because of that. The guys took the check and didn't want to fly back. But yeah. it's my favorite place, my favorite tournament to cover. It's an unbelievable place. And I, I really hope that they find a way. I don't know if it's a new spot in the schedule or something to bring some juice back into that event because it's it's awesome. And and the, the tournament was so fun to watch with with good. There were good players in contention for sure. You know, Spieth was a great story. Any any time there's a, there's a tournament at Pebble Beach, it's going to be incredible drama just because the course itself is that beautiful and it, it gets its hands on any sort of dramatic situation 
and amplifies it. So it's a great event. I really hope that they can get, you know, better fields in the future. Yeah. And you mentioned guys pulling out uh, Daniel Berger. Now he wins and now he's not playing this week. And that seems to be a trend. And yeah, it, it's understandable when it's a Dustin Johnson flying back from the middle East or, you know, Dustin Johnson in the fall winning, winning, not going to Mayakoba after he wins uh, the masters, but uh, it does seem like these guys are, are privileged as, as we don't want to say, but kind of to, to be able to skip that. And, and Dan, I know that must be, uh, insulting to you because you are the biggest Riviera fan that we know, uh, biggest expert probably as well. So, uh, you know, do, do you take it as a slight to, to your one of your favorite spots when when a guy doesn't show up? I mean, geez, I don't. I mean, I don't know if I'm I'm, I'm that sort of inside Riviera, but okay. I, I understand it. Like Daniel Berger's my age, you know. He he just yeah. won a tournament. Like I I don't think I'd want to go grind on Monday or Tuesday. Either. He wants to vibe. <laughs> He wants to buy straight vibing, baby. He said it. He said, to the winning, boat. he said winning a golf tournament is like having a heart attack on every <laughs> hole. That's what he right. said after. That's it, a great it? quote. Yeah, right. And the next, the next, the next three, boat, a lot less next, stress. Right. The next three tournaments are in Florida. He right. lives yeah. in Florida. So he flew home. He's going to yep. chill sack for the next week. <laughs> and then he'll get back into it. Vibing, vibing. All right, Steve. Well, the Riv, or sorry, Riv let you give us a little taste. Then I know Dan will give us some insights as well. Uh, Steve, break it down. Yeah, one of the great tournament venues in the world, Riviera. And obviously our guy, Danny, has played here multiple times. So I'll let him take the bulk of this. I'll just get the basics out of the way. But par 71, uh, 7,350 yards, POA green. So this is the last of the, the POA weeks. You want to look at those specialists. POA Again, season. All, Poa season is still upon us. Um, and a big Kikuya grass uh, week. People forget fairways and rough. And so Tory is the same. Uh, we said that on the Tory pot. It, it looks like, you know, it just seems like the Australian uh, correlation is definitely there. You had Mark Leishman went at Tory uh, in 2020. Adam Scott won here last year. So I think there's definitely something to that. Uh, two inch rough only this week, three inches at Tory, um, but still, you know, decent amount of rough around Riv. 10th toughest course on tour the last two years. So um, it's not overly long. I mean, par 71, three par fives, um, but it's a big week for angles and, uh, you know, around the greens, obviously these George Thomas design greens are, you know, they're fascinating and, you know, they're big putting surfaces. I think they're over 7,000 square feet on average, but uh, I mean, some of them, they're some of the best greens in the world. So, you know, and navigating them is really tough. Um, and I would just encourage everyone to go, see our uh every hole at video with uh ron witten with all our drone footage of riviera that gives you an awesome idea of every hole um but yeah i mean what i'm looking at you got seven par fours this week that are between 450 and 500 yards uh one of those is just slightly less but i think that's a big stat for scoring in that category you got to look at around the greens um because again you know these greens are they're tough to hit and hitting them gives you a huge advantage on the field i think adam scott last year uh, he gained like almost two strokes, uh, greens in regulation on the field. Um, so that's what I'm looking at. I'll kick it to our Riv expert, Danny. Danny, how many times have you played Riv, by the way, on, on estimate? Oh, God. I'm going to incriminate myself. Uh, I think, I think I've, I think I've played it four times this year. 
What? That's yeah. so strong. <laughs> More practice rounds than any of the tour players. I haven't played this year. I mean, this it's, year, yeah, isn't it February? It's either three or four. I think it might have been oh, three and, and then Good one kind of right after Christmas. Yeah, I'm lucky. I'm, I'm very this lucky. This is our expert. This is our expert, expert, man. Yeah. He, you got to be out there in the field to, you know, you talk with confidence. Uh, no, you, you you nailed it, though, Steve. It's a, it's a championship golf course that makes you think on pretty much every shot. Um it's long for sure, um, but it's not it's not crazy long. Everything does kind of play longer in LA. It's right by the ocean. The air is heavy. Kakuya doesn't really roll out, especially in the rough. Anything that lands is going to just kind of stick. Um, but yeah, super slopey greens. Uh, you got to be on the right side of them. It gets very, very difficult to putt in the afternoon, given the break and, and how bumpy Poa gets. Shout out Nate Lashley. Um but I, I, you know, I'm really interested to see to see kind of how Bryson, the the new Bryson, plays this course because if you look at the the, the past winners, it, it is it typically is guys who hit the ball quite a long way. You got you got kind of Bubba and DJ, uh, and then JB Holmes as well. I it seems like the course that you wouldn't be able to overpower because of those angles and be, but that's kind of what we said about Wingfoot too. I'm really interested to see how Bryson's gonna 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 attack this place. I, I, I sense he's gonna hit driver really pretty much everywhere that he can. Um, so I, I'm interested last year, it played awesome. It was super firm, especially on Sunday. It was windy. The greens were, I don't think it's going to be quite as firm this year, at least just the weather it's been wetter and cooler in LA and hasn't been, I'm interested to go see what the course is like today. Um, but just like a championship golf course, that's going to identify the best player of the week. And anytime Adam Scott wins an event, it's kind of the stamp of approval. You know, this is, this was a proper test. So it, it's an awesome walk. It's an awesome course. The, the guys love it. It's probably, I would say the consensus best non-major or just non-augusta course that they play every year so it's going to be a people really, make, really good show people make that correlation between augusta too um and I, I feel like it's because of the greens because they're so tough and interestingly you know bubba's won three times here has a great track record at augusta there's something about left-handers too mike weir's won here twice phil mickelson mm. um so like you said, Dan, you don't have to be long. Like we've seen John Merrick in the past, I think, what was that? 2011 or something he won here. Um, and you know, Mike Weir wasn't one of the longest players on tour, but it definitely helps as always to have some distance. So. Yeah. I mean, everything you guys say, I'm not disputing, but it does always bother me just a little that Jack and Tiger are now what a combined O for 25 there. So yes, you hate that like, Oh, Jack and Tiger have won there. That's legit. But then the right. one course where they don't win, we still say it's legit. Just saying. Just saying. Hey, this is a big week. Arnold big Palmer week to follow Huggy tweets. Yeah, big week. <laughs> what did Arnold Palmer do? Arnold Palmer won there three times. There you go. And, Ooh, and, okay. and Tom Watson, Tom Watson won twice. Yeah, they're decent ben Hogan. players. Ever hear of Ben Hogan? Yeah, Ben Hogan. Does the name ring a bell three times? <laughs> it, it Sam Sneed. Myers guy. Sam Sneed twice. Yeah, well, you know. And, and Adam Scott, you're right. But uh, no Tiger, no Jack. Just a little. I'm just, just throwing it out there. Um, okay. Well, no Tiger, no Jack in the field this week. Uh, this is the, the event that Tiger hosts now. But he's always injured, unfortunately, it seems like. And he will not be playing this week, Dan, as you know, well aware of. However, he is still the host, and we have an incredible field. Unlike last week when we were kind of bashing the field at Pebble, and it, it actually, I don't know if you guys saw, but the strength of, of uh, field ended up being weaker than the Sanderson Farms championship uh, this past week. So we're, it was great. We got lucky because all the best guys ended up getting to the top. But this week, we should get a great board no matter what. I don't want to jinx it because – 
the field is so stacked. Let's start with the leaders at the top. You got Dustin Johnson. Um, he's in that six to one range, which is, I guess that's what we're going to be seeing from him going forward. Uh, he was even better, lower than that at Pebble with the weaker field. John Rom, 12 to one. Rory McElroy, 14 to one. Justin Thomas, 14 to one. Xander Shoffley, 14 to one. And Patrick Cantley coming off another close call, 14 to one. That, that is the top tier guys. Um, do you have to, usually we stay away from top tier guys, but when it's so stacked and there's so many of them, does that change what you're doing? Uh, CP, I'll let you start. Yeah, I've, I've seen a lot this week. It's a, a big spoiler um, from a lot of experts that good players usually play well at Riviera. So except for Tiger and Jack, everyone take notes on that. But uh, yeah, I think the move is to load up on, you know, one or two guys at the top here that you, that you like, that you think it might be their week. And then just to, then add a bunch of long shots because long shots kind of do well here. Guys who have great short games like Stevie described. Uh, guys like Kuchar, he finished T2 here last year. So guys who can kind of shape it around and think their way around do well here too. But for me, it's Bryson this week. Danny mentioned him already. Mm. 17 to 1 seems pretty disrespectful. You know, you scroll the odds board and he's like seventh guy down. That doesn't seem right to me. Xander's above him. Rory's above him. That guys is- who haven't won in a while. So yeah. Um, I'm loading up on Bryson this week. I, that's my biggest bet of the week. I think it's a disrespectful number. Uh, one at Wingfoot, I think he overpowers the course. I'll, I'm not even going to save my spicy nugget. I think he wins by three or more shots this week, Bryson. Ooh. Wow. Wow. All right. That is spicy. Yeah, I'm with you, man. This number, we haven't seen it since the U.S. Open when he was, you know, 25 to one. He's been yep. like sub 10 since then. Yep. So, yep. Um, you know, it speaks to this field. But he's been playing decent. You know, he was in contention in Saudi Arabia, um, 17-1. You know, he finished T5 here uh, last year. So, obviously, you know, has some good vibes. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. I mean, that's that's the most exciting number in this range. DJ at 6-1. It's, you know, how do you really bet that? In this strength of the field, obviously, he's the world number one and playing just insane golf and, you know, all the credit to DJ, but, um, and he's most likely to win as these odds show almost a 20%, you know, implied odds of winning, uh, based on this number, which is insane in this field, but just, you know, kind of unbettable probably, but, you know, you have this range Bryson, I love, um, and then all these guys are intriguing Rory, you know, you don't think of Rory, as necessarily playing great at but he's, he's got two top fives, his last two appearances. JT had the, the runner up, obviously, when he kind of imploded on the last day and JB Holmes mm-hmm. on 14 one is solid. You know, when you're talking stroke skiing approach being so important, JT's uh, intriguing in the short game too. And, and John Rahm, I mean, you know, he plays some great golf in California, obviously the Torrey Pines corollary. So, uh, and Xander too, you know, a Cali guy, uh, it's, it's tough to discern this, the, the, the top of the board. I would probably lean with other than Bryson, uh, Rom and JT. I'm intrigued to bet both of those. I think Rom, you know, we've seen him more so in the eight to nine range. So you're getting a little break on the price at 12 to one. Uh, and he, he rates out number one in my model, just the important things that he does well, uh, doesn't get all the credit for being a really good short game player, um, uh, that he is. So, I think JT, you, know, you get him at 14 to one at, at DraftKings. That's probably the highest you'll see him. Uh, and he's someone also who's we've seen like the nine to 10 to one range. So I think you're getting breaks on those guys outside of DJ. Definitely Bryson too. So what about you, Danny? How do you uh, break down the top here? 
you know, I kind of disagree with you guys and maybe it's just because I'm, I'm not a big, you know, value guy, but I, I, I think I, I'd have a hard time not betting on J on a DJ. I, I really do. Yeah. I think like on come Friday afternoon, he's going to be in the lead by three and you're going to be like, why, why did I overthink this? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, Oh, yeah. he shot five sixty six. Oh, he wins every tournament that he plays. Yeah. I think probably yeah. I bet on that guy. Um, I just think he's won there before. He's, he's clearly the best player in the world right now. Um, he, he, I think he's, he's kind of reached a level of confidence that we haven't seen from a player since, I don't know, maybe Spieth 2015 or, or Jason Day, you know, a guy who you, you legitimately expect. I think his odds to finish in the top five this week or even. It's like if he's not in the top five, that's a disappointing week. So he's, you know he's going to have a chance to win on Sunday. Um, of the favorites, I like him the best. Just because you said, between Cantlay, JT, Rom, Bryson, very hard for me to distinguish. D DJ is the guy who really jumps off the page. Is like, you know, gun to my head, he wins this week. And and, right. and typically, you like to bet on that guy. Right. I, I, yeah. I mean, it's tough. I, I felt that way at the Masters. We were all like, why didn't we just bet DJ? I mean, he's he's the guy uh, right now. Uh, speaking of disrespectful numbers, and this is just insane because I agree, Bryson. That that is a little disrespectful compared to where we've seen him and where some of these other guys. Brooks Kepka. Coming off the win where he was 50 to one or whatever, and we all made bank, you know, he gets bumped down to 25 to one. A, I would argue that that's disrespectful to begin with. But then they put him at 25 to one alongside Tony Finau, 25 to one. I mean, that's the most disrespectful thing I've ever seen, maybe, because as we talk about Finau, he plays great every week. He never wins. And you have him at the same price as Brooks Kepka, a four-time major champ, a guy who finally just busted out of a slump. That to me makes absolutely no sense. Um, so those guys are 25 to one that you, Daniel Berger would have been 35 to one. He's out. Victor Hovland, 35 to one. Colin Morikawa, 35 to one. Ball striker. Adam Scott, another ball striker, 35 to one. And then Jordan Spieth, the guy who's back. Is he not back? He's also 35 to one. Guys, let's get into that next range. I mean, Steve, right? Tony Finau and Brooks Kepka being the same odds. That's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, you, you make a good argument. You know, I think that has a lot to do with Kepka's uh, history here. You know, he doesn't have a ton of history playing here. He's in the past five years, he's lost three and a half strokes overall. He finished T43 last year and then missed the cut in 2017. So, you know, maybe that's it. Obviously, the win equity. Uh, right. much higher with Kepka than, than Finau, but Finau does have the T2 in uh, 2018 here. Uh, our guy, Rick Gaiman from McRunga.com likes Finau to, to get over that hump this week. I, I'm not sure, you know, I'm just so burned by him over the, the past year, losing so much money. Um, you know, top 10 bet. Absolutely. Love that. And he's plus 200 as a top 10 bet, you know, put some weight on that. I think that's a way to handle DJ too, uh, to your point, Danny, because, you know, you got to put some weight uh, to win outright with DJ, but top 10, top five, love that. Uh, but in this range, maybe Hideki presents some value, 45 to one, uh, you know, tough to kind of pin Hideki down week to week. But, you know, we talk about some of the best ball strikers, Hideki's up there, just so volatile week to week. But, you know, as we often say, it doesn't matter you know, if you win or you miss the cut with an outright bet, you know, all, all your only goal in an outright bet is to win. And he's 45 to one, um, you know, seems like a little disrespect, you know, double the odds mm -hmm. of Finau. Uh, and Hideki's got that good history at Tory, uh, too. So that, you know, that crossover correlation uh, and Hideki gained the most strokes here last year, T to green 
uh, just lost three and a half strokes putting. So that was pretty awful. And that's, that's what you get with Hideki week to week. Um, but with the value, I'd like him speed, the speed's interesting. And I'll let the other guys talk about it a little more, but you know, it just feels like double bogeys and bogeys are just like around every corner for speed at, at Riviera. And, um, you know, we've seen the approach numbers be a lot better as Danny's pointed out in the stuff on golf digest.com for speed, but the off the tee stuff, you know, in the Kikuya grass, that, that could be a little problematic here. So um, interested to hear what your guys' takes are on Spieth and, and the rest of this field. I I, I was going to ask what everyone thinks about Spieth. I, I mean, I, I love what I saw last week. I don't think he made a double all week, Steve. So stick that in your pipe. I don't think uh, he did yeah. it. Uh, I don't think he did it. Still either, either, right? Yeah, the, the, yeah. the big numbers are kind of gone. Matt. Jordan. Jordan, no doubles over here. Jordan, <laughs> Jordan, steady. Um, talk about, you know, talk about short game. He's, he's someone who obviously yeah. can, can grind out there. Uh, I, I think, I think Jordan Spieth is, is back. I mean, like back with a, with the italics on back. I really do. I think he's, uh, I don't know if he's going to ever return to, you know, 2015 winning five times or six times a year or whatever it was. But, you know, I think he's probably back to being a top 30, 40 player in the world. I know that that's kind of, crazy to say after just two tournaments but really really like what I saw from him this week you know I think or last week in Pebble especially on Sunday you know it, it sort of felt like he played Terry didn't play well and he didn't have his stuff and he still shot two under I know that's not good enough to win but he had the lead and he, and he shot two under par despite not having his best stuff he's kind of seems to be able to manufacture scores again uh, and the key really is staying away from the big number so I don't think he's going to win this week but I, don't, I wouldn't hate you know, a top 10 bet on Jordan Spieth, just, just ride the wave. And if nothing else, you're going to give yourself the juice. You're going to get some, some adrenaline out of it. You know, it's going to be fun either way. So that mental side though, you know, he's been in contention twice, two straight weeks, you know, with the 54 hole lead. Isn't that a lot as when you're grinding like that CP? I don't disagree with anything Dan said. I actually like what I saw, except on 14. I just think sometimes it's, it's too much thinking with him with the adrenaline yeah. fact factoring in your own adrenaline is something I've never seen. I thought only the, <laughs> I thought only the caddy factors that in to, to factor in your own adrenaline was, was pretty wild. And obviously he was really wrong on that one, but uh, yeah, I wish he would just do a little less thinking in those situations, but he said after the round, I think he birdied 17 and 18. He was really proud of that. He didn't know that burger eagled until I think he breached like the 18th tee. So um, two under on a Sunday is actually an improvement for him over the last few times he's been in contention, which is just a handful of times since uh, Burkdale. So I don't disagree with what Dan said. I, I do think we're going to see more of this speed, this version of speed, this guy that's in contention every week. I don't hate a top 10 either this week. I think the ultimate this week would be Spieth and Finau uh, final group on Sunday to see who can uh, choke it away harder. <laughs> one thing about adrenaline i feel like if you're if you're cognizant enough to to call out your own adrenaline that means that your adrenaline's not really that pumping that hard <laughs> yeah, yeah seriously speed female final group that speed female <laughs> whoever if they do threes whoever's the third in that group is the winner because xander they, speed female xander would be oh god then, I, then it's coming from <laughs> way back somewhere Jeez, maybe it's matthew fitzpatrick danny's boy uh, let's get into Matthew Fitzpatrick and maybe some of the next group down. He, I see him right here at 60 to one. Uh, but above that, you know, some names that have already been maybe mentioned, uh, Matsuyama 40 to one, uh, Joaquin Neiman 40 to one, Scotty Scheffler 50 to one, Mark Leishman 50 to one, Max Homa coming off a nice week, 60 to one California guy, uh, Sergio 80 to one, 
he's played well here before. And then, yeah, as I mentioned, Matthew Fitzpatrick, 60. Um, Will Zalatoris, 80. Any of those guys jumping out at, at, at anybody? Um, oh, Kevin Na, 80 as well. I know he's played – obviously, he's played well here before too. Uh, Steve, any of those guys jumping out? Uh, yeah, I mean, this, this is a nice range to kind of uh, throw some darts, uh, you know, Obviously, most likely outcome this week is a DJ win, but, you know, having a couple guys in the mix. I mean, we saw last year, like Joel Damon, Max Homa, uh, I think Sung Kang, and those guys were kind of right in it. So, you know, a, a lesser name could definitely contend and, you know, give you a little hedge equity going into Sunday. Um, maybe one of those guys is Russell Henley. He's 90 to one. Uh, you know, you're talking about approach. He's one of the best, probably right behind JT and Morikawa um, in that stat, six and strokes gained uh, greens and regulation in the last 50 rounds. Uh, first in bogey avoidance, so I, I really like that, a riv. Fifth in ball striking. Uh, he's actually first in approach in the last 50s, uh, surpassed JT and DJ, so that's impressive. So 90 to one, you know, he's, he's been playing really well. It's just the punting with Henley, which we know could get hot. Um, so I think he's interesting. Fitzpatrick, I mean, 95 to one, you could find him at uh, DraftKings. That seems like disrespectful. We'll get Danny's thoughts on that. Uh, Max Homa, uh, you could get him five to one uh, as a top 10 bet. You know, we've seen how well he's played. Uh, like I said, the T5 here last year had a solid week at, at Pebble, um, had the unfortunate. Uh, I think he doubled the fifth hole. What was that, Sunday? Yeah, so that kind of put him out of the mix. So I like him as a, as a top 10 bet for sure. He's just on a, on a heater. Um, Carlos Ortiz, last guy I mentioned, um, he's 17th in my model this week. He just does kind of everything decent. And did I say his, his odds 80 to one? Um, you know, we obviously saw him win recently in Houston. He's, he's just really good at, at kind of everything right now. He's 10th in strokes gain around the green. You can avoid bogeys. Uh, the approach game, you know, gets a little uh, hot week to week um, and putting on Poa, he's, he's also really good. So I think he's an interesting name. He, he plays well on par fours in that uh, range that I mentioned. So Danny, Matt Fitzpatrick, 95 to one. Is that someone we should look at or is this not a Fitz track? No, nah, you should look at him. He, he's staying at, he's staying at my house this week. So I got to hey, go. It's a nice. <laughs> um, Love it. I think I, I, the, the, the bet I would make on Fitz, if you were going to make any bet, would be would be top 10. Uh, I think I see five to one, but I bet you could get it way, way higher than that. Um, he played nice here last year. He finished he finished T30, but he shot a couple over in the final round. Um, he was really, really had it going on Saturday until he made a six on the first hole, which is which is tough to do. Mm. So that he's given up about two there. Um, but Matt, yeah, coming off a win in Dubai last December, I don't think he's played in the States yet. And he played, he played the, the desert double in Europe, you know, Dubai again, and then, and then Abu Dhabi. Um, but he's rested. He had the last two weeks off. Uh, he's, he's having great, great home cooked meals from the Rappaport family <laughs> this week. Um, and you know, another guy who, who, who puts really, really well, he puts the lights out of it. I think he was second in strokes game on tour last year. He's, he's way down this year, but he's only played like you know five or six rounds. Um, likes the golf course and, and played nicely last year. So a, a good value play on a top 10 bet for sure. What's the uh, specialty in, in, uh, Casa <laughs> Rappaport over there? What's the. Uh, we do a lot. Of, we do a lot of like Postmates and DoorDash. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Not a lot of home cooking there. Like uh, we, we maybe we'll drive and get in and out. So I think that's, okay. that's the version. Local of, flavor, real local flavor. Local, local yeah. flavor. Show them the local. You got to try all the, the best places. All the gluten. I love my mom, but 
she's not she does not cook very well so <laughs> a lot of delivery this week uh, all right yeah so well let's get into some longer shots i guess then cp you already gave us your spicy nugget was not a long shot obviously it was bryson is going to just dominate this field like he did at wingfoot uh but what about going deeper with the longer guys uh, who who are you uh pinning this week I do. Uh, Steve pretty much nailed the Hideki breakdown. I, I want to get that on record when he wins. I, I bet him as well. So Hideki. And then I hammered that 70 range. I love Leishman this week. Uh, 70 to one on DraftKings. Sergio is 80 to one. I bet him as well. Both playing well. Leash fourth at Sony, 18th at Farmers. Uh, Sergio back-to-back top 12s on the, on the European tour. Obviously just won the Sanderson. They both have great history here. Leash has a pair of top fives. Four top 20s. Sergio has a pair of fourth place finished here. So I really like that range. To me, love Max Homa. Um, great Twitter presence, playing really well, but he should not be priced the same as uh, Mark Leishman and Sergio Garcia, guys who've won a lot of times on the PGA Tour. I think Homa wins again at some point, but um, I'll take Leishman and Sergio at, at the same price for, for an outright bet this week. And then deep, um, Keegan. Probably a dumb bet, terrible putter, but uh, the approach game is as good as it's ever been. He's gained on approach in 11 straight starts. He's got three top 25s in his last nine starts. Seemed to turn a little bit of a corner at the waste management. Obviously, uh, the putter went cold like it does pretty much every Keegan start. So now I have Keegan and Hideki, two of the worst putters in golf history. Those are two of my outright bets this week. So, uh, And then I also threw a little on Cam Champ, who has terrible history here. Another terrible putter, terrible short game player. Probably shouldn't have even mentioned that I bet on him, but he's 250 250 to one. Cam Champ, the the win equity's there with him. Um, He got mentioned in the um, CBS does that, Notables in the Field next week. Hovland got left out. Victor Hovland, Champ, was put in. So that's that's very interesting disrespect. Even Berger, like Berger went on to win. He wasn't in that graphic. (laughs) And then last but not least, I bet him, bet him at waste management. He missed the cut. He missed the cut last week uh, at 275 to one. JB Holmes. <laughs> JB Holmes, former winner here, obviously. Um, I love a good, I think Kip Henley, his new caddy, posted that he shot like a 30 the other day on, on their home course. You got to bet guys like that. What, what was the Finau week where he shot like 59? We all bet him and you probably missed the cut. I yeah. forget what week that was, but you got to bet the, uh, the five-time tour winner shot a 30 at uh, my local home course uh, bet. Loves this tourney. Obviously, like I said, he has a win, four top 12s, uh, four straight missed cuts. So those are my long shots, guys, who haven't made a cut since Nam and can't putt and can't chip. And, uh, <laughs> but you got you to gotta sprinkle a few long shots this week. I, I, got, I got a long shot for you. Matt, uh-huh. Matt, Matthew Neesmith. Yes, my guy. 150 to one. Uh, is what I saw. He is coming off T7 uh, at the Waste Management Phoenix Open, T16 last week at Pebble Beach. I think he was like six over through nine holes too. So yeah. I'd love wow. to compare his uh, his score over the last 63 holes with with Burgers or Spieths. You know, he was he was right there over the last three and a half days. Really, really good player. Keeps the ball in front of him. Doesn't really do anything particularly crazy. Not crazy long, but he's, he's, he's found a way. He's really found footing on the PGA Tour. I think he's playing in this event for the first time, but has proven, you know, he's, he's got a lot of top 10s, a lot of top 15s. Um, at 150 to 1, you know, someone who's got two T20s the last two weeks, not the worst thing in the world. 
Matthew No Name Neesmith is Dan Hicks. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's my guy, though. He was in my, yeah, my lineup when I won yep. two grand uh, two weeks ago. So all aboard, Matt Neesmith. Love that. Okay. Uh, I think it's a good week for these long shots. I mean, you know, obviously, most likely uh, one of the favorites are going to win. But like I said, you get you get these guys contending. So a couple names. Taylor Gooch, 175 to 1. Um as our guy Rick Gaiman points out in our DFS column, Gooch just does everything well. He gains strokes in all four major strokes game categories. He's 175 to one. I think he finished T10 here last year. So, um, you know, is Taylor Gooch going to win this tournament? Probably not. But can you get a T, you know, T20 bet on him for like plus 600, plus 700? That's that's pretty juicy. So I like that. I, I like Keegan CP. You know, he obviously didn't even lose the playoff here, Myers, to uh, – who ended up winning? Was that Phil when Haas was no. in that too? Stop, was, Bill Haas, dude. Come oh, on. on. Okay. <laughs> it's like one of the greatest <laughs> days of my life. Bill Haas beat Keegan. Keegan was yes. playoff. Legendary. Yes. Was yes. the guy was the guy rolling on the ground for Phil or for Keegan? For Phil. For or for Phil. both. It might have been for both. I mean, the guy went nuts. I remember both, the playoff. I just forgot they who both won. Daggered yeah. Haas. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? And then they go to the playoff. <laughs> And uh, and then Haas, you know, hits a bad shot on. T- I forgot what happened in eighteen, but on ten, Haas hit one left, and he had to just pitch one because again, the most overrated hole in golf. Sorry, Danny. Um, he had to pitch one out to the front of the green, leaving him like a sixty foot curler, and he buried it to win yes. the whole freaking thing. It was incredible. So that was I remember that well. Yes, that was fun. Yes. So uh, didn't bet on it. Keegan. Keegan. I mean, as like a top twenty or first round leader, CP. I mean, that, that's. That's the move, I think. Save save the outright bullets. Um, okay, a couple other names. You got to mention Henrik Norlander. He's just on a freaking heater. Um, struggled on the weekend at Pebble, but um, I was on him last week. I, I'm not going to miss out. 150 to one. He's just a, a little bit. He's been playing much better than that number. You know, some of the guys in that category. So I like that. Uh, Brendan Todd, too. Um, you know, such a good putter and obviously not one of the longest hitters in the world, but you don't have to be at Riv. He's uh, plus 1,100 uh, as a top 10 bet. So also a good first-round leader because uh, he tends to struggle sometimes on the weekend. But, you know, he's won multiple tournaments before, so definitely like that. And uh, Corey Connors as a, as a top 10 bet too. Um, so th- those are just some guys, you know, you expect them to be in the mix because they're good ball strikers. And, you know, it's just a bonus if they're contending on Sunday. It gives you a little hedge equity going to the weekend. All right. Yeah. Um, hey, Dan, by the way, where is uh, Fitzpatrick right now? Is he practicing? What's he doing? Staying loose? Practice, Better round. Be. Practice round. All business, baby. Yeah, all, business. all business. Good. That's what I like to hear. All right. Keep it. Keep keep the uh, the booze and everything away from him this week. You know? Yeah. What about Danny? You got the dog. Like, you got to make sure the dog doesn't bark in the middle of the night. We, we yeah, need our right? boy to get good night's sleep. How does that work? Going to have to give the dog some sedatives. I don't know if that's legal. <laughs> He'll be, he'll, he'll be sleeping for, for 16 hours. He'll sleep through the whole final round. All right, Steve, did you give us a spicy nug? I didn't yet. Um, no. no, I mean, these guys' spicy nugs were, were freaking good. Um, yeah. I'm going to go with my guy, Harold Varner III, um, uh, oh. to be first-round leader. Uh, right. you know, not, not, not necessarily to win, but he's hit two first-round leader bets for me since the restart. Um, yeah. And obviously, you know, he contended here 
last year he kind of uh you know blew up on sunday but you know the vibes are good here we've seen this trend of guys who missed the cut the previous week go on to win that's three straight weeks now he missed the cut at pebble um if we were on him last week so we're very familiar with that but uh i think he just gets hot uh for a round that's all he needs a, a great ball striker good vibes here hv3 first round leader you'll get that in like the 101 category because this this field's so loaded so that, that's my spicy nug. I don't know how spicy that is, but no, uh, it's, it's, mild it's, spice. That's yeah. pretty good. Mild spice. Mild. Wow. Yeah. Two first round lead bets for you. He's like the Daniel Berger of first round leaders, Harold Varner. He's, man, he's, he's he gets hot, one man. Of great, one of the goats, one of the first FRL goats. Um, okay. DFS, anything different? Any, any other guys you want to mention that you're kind of building the lineups around? Chris, I'll let you uh, jump in there. You're shaking your head. Uh, pretty much everyone we mentioned, DJ, I think it's just dumb not to have him in your lineup this week. Um, Hideki, love Hideki. Leishman, Sergio, like I said, love them too. I think Leishman's 8,600, Sergio's 7,700. And then I actually do have uh, Varner, and I think he's a great DFS play this week. Um, everyone's going to be off him after the missed cut. I'm not betting him in any capacity, but I will use him in DFS. And then Rick Gaiman likes Mackenzie Hughes, and I liked his breakdown that Mackenzie Hughes has shown up at a lot of these, you know, really big field events. I think he played well at BMW and a couple other, uh, you know, really solid tournaments, great short game. This is kind of uh, the event he thrives in. So Mac Hughes to round out my DFS lineup. I like it. Uh, you got some good uh, value in the, in the 8K and the 9K range. Obviously, everyone should go read Rick Gaiman's DFS breakdown, golfdigest.com. But you got Bubba, you know, three-time winner, 8,900. Mm -hmm. You know, if you go with him and, you know, maybe one guy in the 10K, so, you know, pick. It's just tough. Like we've said, it's just tough to pick um, from up here. But I think CP is pretty spot on. You, you know, you just go DJ and then maybe Bryson and then, you know, try to hit some – uh, some guys in the low sevens and, and high sixes to, to round out your lineup. James Hahn, definitely one of those guys, you know, past winner here, had the lead at the waist uh, down the stretch before Kepka grabbed it from him, but he's 7,500. So I think he's a, a pretty safe uh, DFS play. Same with Fitzpatrick. I like him since Danny says he loves the course. 7,600, that's pretty disrespectful. He's down with like Cam Tringali, uh, Gary Woodland in that area. So, you know, Fitzpatrick has some, you know, the potential to finish top five, top 10 for you at that price, you know, tough to find that um, really elsewhere in this range. Um, so those, those are kind of some, some of those names. And like I said, everyone should go read Rick's rundown at uh, golfdigest.com for more. Uh, yep, definitely. Uh, Dan, I'll just let you get maybe like the last word here since you're there and everything else. Uh, any other thoughts as we head into this? Do you, how much course knowledge have you provided Matt with? uh not zero but not very much <laughs> you know, i love you, it you can give them all the information that you want but right. they at the end of the day they trust their guns they trust the yardage book they try right. you know and 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 the way i play the course is going to be i have a lot of fear in in my golf game and he doesn't you know these guys don't really have any so when i'm saying just don't hit it in the right rough they're like that's not really how i how i think so it has to be uh the way that the pj tour players approach courses is very different than the way an average Joe right. approaches. So, so I'm here for, I'm here for moral support. I still, I'd, I'd love the scene though, of you guys having some in and out, your parents around too. And then, you know, you're like, you know, 
that 17th hole, I, I've buried that a few times. You really messed that one up. Uh, I, was, I was giving him, I was giving him some crap. I think he played 10 four over last year. Yeah, um, there you go. So yeah, so he was like, I'm gonna go for it every every time every time again. I'm like, are you sure about that? I mean, last time it didn't work out so well for you, but yeah, these guys have all the breakdowns, they have all the stats, you know, the the shot charts and stuff. So whatever I say is gonna go realistically in one year, not the other. Right, right, right. Um, all right, guys, CP Steve, anything else? No, let, well, let's make it another win uh for yeah, the pod we- and for the experts picks column. Let's do it. Let's keep it going. Uh, it should be a great week, obviously. Fantastic field, big time course, Riviera. I'm on board. Let's go. Can't wait to see it. Uh, thanks to everyone for listening. Please, again, subscribe and download. Uh, leave us a note, whatever. We'll take it. We love it. Uh, we're here to help. We're here to get better. Thank you for listening again. Thank you, as always, to our producer, Liam Byrne. Thanks again to Dan for joining us. Uh, again, he's going to have a great week out there. Follow along with as he writes uh, for our website, um, and check back next week when uh, hopefully we're hopefully we're back on the celebration train again next week. All right, thanks guys. See you.